feeling uh, afraid, kind of, kind of an interesting feeling I'm having. I'm going to make this podcast, I'm going to have to decide up front to be very honest with myself. Very, very honest with myself. Okay. More honest than I'm comfortable being. Am I going to do it or not? I can feel my will wanting to steer the outcome of this reading. conscious will wanting to steer it wanting to shout down or stifle my unconscious or the collective unconscious or that's because of feelings of shame or fear or stupidity or maybe shame about the past regret fear PTSD (laughs) lots of stuff lots of stuff I'm really only making this for myself. Something about recording myself with a timer keeps me on track in a way that nothing else does, and then I, it's helpful to listen back. So I have to do this because I've learned that the only medicine for me is just talking through the truth of shit that happens, like not hiding anything. I just have to not hide anything from myself so I can look at the harsh reality, the brutal, ugly stuff. Ugh, this is like, this is so subtle. It's so subtle and insidious and terrifying. Yet I'm, I mean, I'm excited to do this episode. I'm excited to explore. But there is a lack of confidence that I have in my own ability to be radically honest with myself on the territory about which I need to explore. I mean, I'm really usually very honest with myself, but I've lied to myself in the past multiple times in this way. You'll have to forgive me up front if you're not me listening to this because it is another episode about surviving my ex. They're all going to be that for a little while. I'm sorry. That's what I need. That's what I'm doing. So, I'm not going to explain a lot of things today. I'm going to speak only to myself here. And I don't have time or energy to explain. I have time. I do have time. I don't desire. I don't want to. I don't feel like explaining. Here's the deal. I need to know how to protect my children from my ex. I need to know how to do it. 
I'm in a new phase, and I've known it's coming for a long time. I haven't known what the flavor of the phase would be, but I knew that it would be different. I knew... Why am I saying that? I'm in a new phase, and the shift is palpable, and it's and if and it follows an earlier pattern. And here's what I can say about that pattern: it's accurate to the my ex's behavior is predictable in this way right now. <laughs> Throughout the divorce. She fought as hard as she could to destroy me and to lock in as much uh, money from me as possible and lock me into an agreement to give her as much money as possible (laughs) while fighting and trying to undermine my credibility as the one that was taking care of the kids, which I was, and trying to undermine my ability to be the primary parent so that she could get custody of the kids so that she could get all the money. But she can't take care of the kids, and she never has. So now that the divorce is over and she's maximized the resources that I'm now legally paying to her and that are being taken from my bank account automatically by the state, her next move, what, what I would expect from her, is that she will now go into the mode of trying to get as much under the table from me as possible. And what that's going to look like is trying to get me to take the kids as often as possible. Um, But never in writing admitting that she can't take care of the kids. So ultimately that's the goal for her is to get as much money as she can and then get rid of the kids as much as she can without ever being able to be accused of trying to get rid of the kids. So therefore she creates dramatic situations that require people to help her with the kids without ever admitting in paper that she is a completely incompetent, dangerous parent. So it's always just like these crazy things that happen, like a medical emergency. So it's not like she wants to not be with the kids. She just had a medical emergency. And you would be cruel to say that she's an incompetent mother because she has a lot of medical emergencies. So see how that works. So as much as she can, she's going to try to get the kids into my care without ever relinquishing her claim to all of my uh, resources, right? And now that the divorce is locked and sealed, that's her next move, uh, is to get someone else to now take the kids away from her without her losing the ability to claim they're hers and pull them back at any time. The problem is that I want to be with my kids more. And especially now as I'm, as things seem to be going worse at home and they're having such a rough time and I can feel my kids needing more support from me, I want to be more with them. So now her game is to have a disastrous home experience for them, which makes them want to be with me, which makes me want to take them more and then find ways of trying to, you know, offer me to take them more, get me to take them more, and then it's going to turn into a sort of thing where she has to have me take them more, but never am I going to be ever uh, 
like so she's gonna try to get as back as close to me as possible and get me to take the responsibility so basically it would be ideal for her for us to get back together now but with her to have this permanent constant claim over my income forever you see so that's and also like these on the record like accusations she's leveled against me that I've only gotten been able to get some of them completely removed you know so it's like so her game now is a game of and broadly speaking of closeness and a, a return to trying to connect to me and when she tries to connect to me I just feel like so so sick and scared because I, f I remember when she did this seven years ago and um and I got back together with her even though I didn't I knew I shouldn't have and it's just such a sickening thought it just makes me so sad and scared I just someone that is as dangerous to me as she is but what she basically does is she kind of psychologically offers a peace accord and a possibility that there was just a big misunderstanding. That's what happened seven years ago. I actually took the bait. I forced myself to believe that it had all been a big misunderstanding. I've gotten to know now that that's not the case. I know that there's no misunderstanding. I know she's crafty, manipulative, and dangerous. I've tracked it very closely, and so I know it's true. So tonight she told me that, you know, her, that our son has was hitting hit her in the face and she had to go see a plastic surgeon and um she's trying to do this thing where she like gets me and her on the same team against our kids that's what she did with our autistic son like five years ago and got us back together and now it's our next son our four and a half year old who and she's and so but he's you know, I don't have these problems with him, and she always describes the kids in terms that I can't relate to. She always has. And when I was living with her, I'm like, that's not, she's not seeing any of the good things about the kids. She only crafts these horrible narratives about them that are just not even true. She doesn't see any of the things I love about my kids, and it makes me sick. She just poisons people's perspectives of her own children. It's not fair, it's not true. My four and a half year old's incredible. I mean, he's an incredible kid. I love him so much. And I'm so glad that none of my kids told me about this like alleged incident because the truth is it might not be real. She makes things up that are just completely untrue or so fabricated as to be meaningless. And she did this in person when I dropped off the kids so that it's not in writing, you see. So that I can't ask my daughter to corroborate it and, have, and find out that, like, and then, and then my daughter would be like, wait, why did mom write that in writing to you? Because that's not what happened. Right, so she doesn't do that. She, she doesn't give herself, so she, now she's, like, trying to talk to me in person. But I don't want to talk to her in person ever again. I never want to talk to her in person again. There's no need for me to. These are her problems, and they're not my problems. And I don't have these kind of problems with my kids. That's why I fought for full custody of them, because with me, they don't become what she claims they are. And they never were. So, so I need 
So the reason I feel so scared and sick is because having flashbacks to the way she acted to get me back together with her five years ago. And I've, I've kind of known that she will do this. As soon as things are kind of settled and she sees the max amount of money she can get and she's got it kind of, she's got more over me basically. She's got more me under her thumb in a certain way. Then she's going to try to reel me back in. The thing is that I, I hated her back then too. It's just that I loved my kids and I, I was like so overwhelmed with hope for the idea of getting back with my children after this woman put a restraining order on me and accused me of sexually abusing my kids that I like took the bait and thought that you know she claimed that it was like this big misunderstanding and that someone like threatened her into doing it or something that's crazy well now you know I've seen the shadow shady work she does I know who she is because some of the subpoenas during the divorce, I got some of the ways that she was communicating about me to people. I know intentionally what she was trying to do, and I, I've seen how she does it on both sides. I know who she is. And so, like, not only do I hate her, but I know that there are no misunderstandings. She's incredibly crafty and dangerous. <laughs> and basically, I just feel afraid for my kids, like, She's going to make the situation go so crazy so that someone has to come in and take the children away from her, but put them in an institution. Like, this is what I've always been afraid of, is that she'll institutionalize the kids. She threatened to institutionalize our kids. That's when we got back together, was that she said she was going to send my son to, like, the state. And she said, told me she called the state and told them to come take him. And that's and that I had to stop traveling for work and come back and live up there. And basically, that's what got us back together four years ago. Five years ago, six years ago, wow, six years ago. So, um, that's probably going to happen again, or some version of it. This feeling that I don't have control over my children, she does, and she's going to do them harm. And really, what she's doing is she's dangling them over a crocodile nest and saying, "Get back here, or else the children get hurt." And that's it's like unconscious the way she communicates it. And I've always known there's going to be a time where I'm going to have to let the children get hurt. That's why I fought as hard as I could for custody. So now what she'll try to do is have this non-written verbal communication that sort of communicates to me that the kids are in danger which will make me want to come help. So what I have to do to, is insist to her that like, I, I'm not gonna take any non-written communication because then if I can have a written version of the kids are in danger, well, she won't. She, then other people would see that the kids are in danger. Well, the truth is the kids might not be in danger. She probably never did call the state and tell them that she was gonna send our son away. I just believed that, you see. If she would have put that in writing, then I wouldn't have had the problems I had. I could have shown like, look, this woman can't take care of the kids. Look at this. So basically, I have to just ask for receipts on every single thing and say, hey, I gotta have you send, you know, just send everything in writing. Just send me a note. Yeah, just send me a note. Because then she just won't do it. I haven't even flipped over a card yet. Let's do a Celtic cross. The six of coins or pentacles. 
the six of swords. The wheel of fortune crowns me. The upside down knight of wands beneath me. The two of swords in the near past. The eight of wands in the near future. The fool is the current. The upside down knight of swords is the environment. The upside down ten of swords is the hopes and fears. And the upside down ten of cups is the likely outcome. Okay, this is going to be a lot of work. I don't know if I have the energy to do it. I don't have the energy to do it. I don't. I'm going to... I'm going to skip around here. (laughs) If I force everything to be written down, always. reading in the morning. Interestingly, I seem to have lost the second half of that podcast. So, um, the next day or night or whatever I did, I did, um, go through do a reading, um, and see if I can remember it, because it was pretty interesting, so the Celtic Cross, card one, was the Six of Pentacles, there's a man doling out coins to two beggars, he has a scale in his hands, I looked at that and I saw, um, the fairness of a system and its best evaluation of who deserves what. And I took the meaning in terms of like, what I was frustrated about really is that my kids aren't going to be treated fairly by the system because because I can't prevent them from being like, you know, I have to let her fail and that feels like letting them experience failure and pain. But that is what I have, you know, that's the central issue here. It doesn't feel fair to them. That's what I saw in that card. The second card that crosses me was the Six of Swords, which is a boat crossing a river. On one side of the water is current and movement of the waves, and on the other side of the of the boat is clear water, which is kind of interesting, or, you know, clear surface, smooth. A man is rowing or pushing across the bottom, and there's like a woman and a child in the boat in between the swords, kind of protected by them. And it's like a, it's like they're making a final crossing to get out of the war zone. Was what I saw. So I think what I what I thought about there was how the challenge for me is remembering that I'm not finished yet. Like there's going to be this unfairness that persists for my kids for their entire lives. That's inevitable because they're born into this family. 
we are making progress forward. I do have my kids protected to some extent, but it's still cold. They're still in a shawl. I'm still rowing them across the water. We're still in a bad, we've still got a long ways to go. The, the card uh, um, below me was, <laughs> I can't remember, cannot remember. Um, let me see, the other important positions were, um, the querent was the fool, and I was thinking about how I can't afford to be, I can't afford to go exploring and having the ground fall out underneath me, I, it's a, it's a cautionary querent for Manny to remember, like, I'm not all the way, I'm not, like, free, you know, I gotta be cautious of how things are going to happen. The environment was the upside down knight of wands, which I really liked, um, because, or no, it was the upside down knight of swords, but the one that was card three below me was the upside down knight of wands, and, but the upside down, or, yeah, the upside down knight, Nope, nope, nope. It was swords beneath me. It was wands in the environment. So the upside down knight of wands, my environment. This was me remembering that. Okay, I've got a passionate, intelligent, aggressive adversary here. He's going to have lots of energy going in crazy directions trying to derail me. That's my ex. And I need to remember that's what I'm really up against. I need to expect that and be okay with that. It's not anything I have to deal with. That's her stuff. Card, um... The next card, Hopes and Fears. Um, I can't remember what it was. But there was it was it was meaningful, but the, the last card was the upside down ten of cups, which was like getting everything you've ever wanted or like wishes fulfilled sort of thing. And um and I thought of it being upside down in terms of like, oh yeah, what is it that I want? What is the happily ever after for my kids? Realistically, it has to involve their mom finding her own footing of either failing as a parent and turning the kids over to me through a process of like on the record failure or learning to manage. You know, I already did my best to try to argue for custody and I failed. Now it's, she won that argument, and now I have to wait for her to fail or figure out how to parent. <clears throat> what I came away from all this was realizing, like, I just have to keep clear records of everything. I have to keep things really clear, really, like, as doc, like, have them well documented and clean. Um, that's it. That's all I've got to do, because she will try to open up these lines of communication that are off the record. And she'll try to do that in order to get me to step in where she is dropping the ball. And she'll dangle the children over the ledge. Okay. So then, today... <laughs> I get out of... In the, I'm in the middle of a customer... I'm interviewing a customer for work over Zoom for like 45 minutes and guiding them through our software. And I see a local number that I don't recognize... And then a little later, I saw that my ex had texted me, which is not something that I, uh, we don't text each other. She's not even supposed to text me. She's supposed to message me through this like court approved application so that everyone can see what we text each other. And um, 
I didn't, you know, I, I try not to look at any of her stuff until, like, I'm done working, because I, it's, like, very triggering for me, the history of her interrupting my work. So, anyway, I finished that interview, and I looked at the message, and it said, please check the application that we communicate in. The elementary school is trying to get a hold of you to come pick up my son. I am getting, I'm at the hospital getting this treatment or something. That was it. So this is her, it's like, we have, there's never been a time where I have been her emergency fallback, not once since we divorced. Because um, and I was 100% in charge when we were together. And that's why I was like, look, you can't, she can't be the parent. She has, she's always claiming that she has these emergencies. Like, she, you know, it's always in a medical emergency. And, and um, so let me have the kids. Let me be the parent. I'll set up a structure that will work for this family. But like, um, I'm like, okay, I'm going to check this voicemail. Um, it was like four o'clock. And the, uh, the school was like, hey, your son, you know, your son is in this holding cell here because he has four out of five symptoms of COVID. Which my son had a cold this weekend and um, I had him the whole weekend. And I mean, it was well documented. And so, but what happened is that my ex tried to send him to school on Thursday, or they sent him home early on Thursday. She tried to send him back Friday. They were like, no, and forced her to come get him. And then he, and then Monday she did keep him home, but then she sent him home today or sent him to school today. And they're like, look, he's still got all these symptoms, you know, like we can't have him here. It's like, it's fall of 2021. It's like, everyone's worried about Delta variant COVID right now. Kids cannot be in school with a cough and like my son, like he just can't, it's crazy. So she had sent him to school so she could go to this doctor's appointment that she obviously didn't want to miss or whatever. And somehow had made it in this text as if it was like my responsibility to be on call for that, which is just crazy. Um, the funny thing is like when I looked at the, uh, um, so I called the school and I was like, Hey, I just got your message. And it's like, I'm really sorry. I was working and I, I don't usually get messages while I'm working. And the lady at the front desk, she's like, Oh, I can imagine. I'm really sorry about all the calls. She was like, so nice. She's like, oh no, yeah, um, his mom did come and get him here eventually. And I was like, okay, all right, thanks, you know. So it's funny because I know that they kind of, like I, they all really liked me. And then um, and then, I kind of suspect that they don't like her, <laughs> but I don't know. So um, then I checked the application where we communicate. And in the application, all she had said is, What's an emergency contact? What's the emergency? Con what is your emergency contact info? So she didn't in the application where people can see she didn't cop to the fact that she's like, I need you to pick up our son because I took him to school. She's not she's always trying to keep everything out of official communication channels. She, and, you know, the text doesn't say, hey, it turns out that Andrew's sick, like none of that information is there. She just says the school is trying to get a hold of you to pick up your son. Like, it literally looks as if it was my responsibility to pick him up, which is crazy. You know, like the way, you know, it's just amazing how good she is at this. Um, so, um, anyway, it's astounding. 
but she really, I knew, I knew that it would happen fast. I knew that she was trying to get me to pick up her slack already. And it took exactly like one day. And I didn't, and I didn't respond to either of her messages. I talked at the school, he'd been picked up. That's all I needed to know. And I'm moving on, like there's no, there's, you know, like besides putting up, probably putting in writing, they're like, hey, I talked to the school, they said this just so that it's on the record what was actually, like, in our app, that she actually, like, that our son was stuck in a holding cell for two and a half hours while she <coughs> was getting her doctor's appointment. <laughs> it's crazy. Also, the school, their voicemail was a full two hours before she texted me, which means that they'd been calling her two hours earlier. So that's long before her appointment, but she certainly, she surely just didn't want to answer the phone so she could go to her appointment. So anyway, that's her, that's my ex. And um, she takes a sick kid to school when he shouldn't be there. She is that parent, that's her. And then she doesn't answer the phone and then she somehow finds it in herself to try to make it look like, like for the record book, to try to make it like, Somehow my responsibility, <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> uh, so it's really nice to have done that reading and remember, okay, so bad things, because I felt so bad for my son when I realized he was in that situation. And then I was like, no, 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 these are the things I have to let, that are just gonna, I need to watch this happen. It needs to get way, way worse until the whole community is like, what is wrong with this lady? And that's just where this is going to go. This is minor. It's gonna get much, much worse before, because it has to go way beyond the point where, where there's any question that she's an incompetent parent. My kids are going to have to get basically hurt by her before the system uh, chooses me over her. That's clear to me based on the fight that I had over the last four years in the court system. Because she's not addicted to drugs, she's not an alcoholic. And so basically there's nothing I can do <laughs> until she beats the kids. You know, being just a narcissistic sociopath is not enough. You gotta, you know, it's easy if someone's addicted to drugs or something or if they, but if you're like, you know, just psychologically traumatizing people like crazy all the time, that is not so easy to get the kids away from. So anyway, interesting stuff. Anyway, I recorded a big thing about this, but I guess I must have uh, accidentally deleted that and not saved it. Um, or no, I recorded a big reading, and so it would have been fun to have that reading and then have this situation because it was really helpful to have done that reading to prepare myself for the unfairness, for the reality that there's still this time crossing the river, for the erratic upside-down night of wands that she is, that I know there's going to be this pressure, these erratic, emotional, weird decisions, this weird stuff she's going to do. It's going to happen for a long time. And for the happily ever after, the upside-down ten of cups, me knowing that's this is what it looks like, is for bad things to happen quickly so my kids can more quickly get a better, stable situation. 